This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 19, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Presidential hopeful Donald Trump hopes to secure the thousands of miles of the U.S. border, but he won't be able to do so without extensive use of domestic drones. Matthew Feeney and Alex Narasta discuss the problems with such a plan. Donald Trump has some pretty ambitious plans with respect to the border. He's uh, threatened uh, Mexico with building the wall higher if they don't immediately capitulate to his desires to pay for uh, said wall. But of course, we're talking about thousands upon thousands of miles of U.S. border, if you're including the co- east and west coasts and, and the, the border with uh, Canada, it's many, many thousands of miles more. So it would seem that that those demands uh, demand that he make extensive use of domestic drone technology. Is that fair? It is fair, uh, mostly because he said as much last month when he was in Syracuse. He said that I want surveillance for our borders and the drone has great capabilities for surveillance. And he's absolutely right about that. The drone, which many people are familiar with as a tool of foreign policy, can also be used and has been used on the U.S. border. Although it hasn't been used with great efficiency, a 2014 Department of Homeland Security Inspector General report found that although CBP anticipated increased apprehensions uh, and also reduction in border surveillance costs, that it wasn't able to do that. Drones are necessary to implement Trump's plan. When you take a look at the U.S. border with Mexico, it's about 2,000 miles the part where Texas is about half of that distance uh, with Mexico, that's all privately, that's almost entirely privately owned land. The points west of that, though, are very remote. They're government-owned land. They're not, it's not extremely accessible. So a technological solution like drones is probably the only way they can get the type of perfect surveillance that they want over the entirety of the border. What's interesting, though, is that uh, this type of solution is really uh, designed for a problem that no longer exists. The number of apprehensions along the border is about one-fifth of what it was just 16 years ago and will likely continue to decline uh, in the near future. So this DHS report took a look at uh, drone use and costs along the border. They found it costs around $12,250 per hour, per flight hour, per drone. And there are 10 drones operated by uh, Customs and Border Protection along the border. And that year cost about $63 million to operate all these drones. And the best estimates are that it helped, helped Border Patrol apprehend 2% of the illegal immigrant apprehensions that year along the border. Now, that put that in perspective, 2% of apprehensions at border are about 8,288 people. So we're talking about at a cost of $63 million. These t- drones helped Border Patrol apprehend 8,288 people. A very poor return on investment if you're an immigration restrictionist. It's also a poor return on investment if you're worried about drugs. The same report looked at uh, how often drones uh, contributed to the seizure of marijuana. They found that in the Arizona-Tucson sector that drones contributed to less than 2% of the amount of marijuana seized by Border Patrol and about 4% of the marijuana seized at the Texas-Rio Grande section. And what's interesting is the uh, DHS-OIG report goes on to say 
that CBP wanted to invest an additional $443 million in drone operations to expand their fleet. Uh, Customs and Border Protection's response to that was, oh, no, we don't want to expand the fleet. That's just to maintain the current fleet and to uh, replace a drone that had crashed. So I think it's kind of interesting because Donald Trump has signaled in the past that he doesn't seem to care too much about the fiscal impact of his immigration plans. I think Alex can give the exact figure, but wouldn't his plan to deport uh, all currently unauthorized immigrants uh, cost something in the tunes of what, hundreds of billions? So, yeah, the direct costs uh, just of operating a a deportation force, as he puts it, is uh, around uh, uh, $200 to $600 billion are the estimates. Uh, It also doesn't count, of course, the decrease in economic growth from removing so many millions of workers and consumers in the United States. So you're talking about shaving off on top of that another 2 to 3 percent of GDP, just, you know, less growth. Um, in the future, actual decreases in GDP, uh, which, of course, impacts government revenues as well by because there's a smaller economy to tax. So the costs are uh, fairly high. And if he thinks drones doing it this way to do immigration enforcement is the way to go, um, those estimates could actually be on the low end. And that's to say nothing of the uh, propping up of Social Security and Medicare that even illegal immigrants uh, contribute to? Uh, it says nothing about that. Uh, Social Security estimates are that uh, immigrants in the last 10 years have paid in about $100 billion more into the program than they've taken out. And annually for uh, Medicare Part A, which is supposed to start running, uh, to go out of, basically go bankrupt in uh, the mid-2020s, they're paying about $14 billion a year more than what they take out. Uh, the response to that is, well, these people are going to get older eventually and draw down on these benefits, um, but about 30% of them retire back in their home countries where they don't receive Medicare. So it's actually a great infusion uh, without having to pay out many of these benefits. All right. So what are the risks associated if these drones are a bad idea with respect to actually uh, achieving the stated ends of catching illegal immigrants at the border? and uh, they're not very particularly effective with respect to drugs, what are some of the costs associated with using the drone technology, which would be dramatically expanded drone technology? Well, there's a significant fiscal cost, as we've just discussed. Uh, Alex mentioned the tens of millions of dollars that are needed to fly these things. But I think there's also a uh, civil liberty cost. Uh, There's been at least one instance where a CBP drone was used by law enforcement in North Dakota to assist with an arrest of, I believe, a farmer who uh, had stolen some cows. And I think it's important to keep that sort of situation in mind as people are calling for more drones on the border, because local law enforcement could request the CBP help them out and what kind of surveillance tools are on these drones and what data they're gathering is a concern to citizens because a lot of them will probably think that these drones will just focus on the border, but that's not necessarily true. And with respect to drones by local law enforcement and states trying to set rules, we're in the Wild West right now with respect to how that technology actually is being deployed and what controls exist over governments making use of them. Yes, a number of states have passed uh, laws governing warrant requirements for law enforcement drones. But as Supreme Court precedent stands, uh, police do not need a warrant to look at your backyard from the air, for instance. Uh, And that's uh, when these cases were decided, it was airplanes and helicopters. But of course, the drone has made that kind of problem far more 
uh, prevalent. No matter how high the fence is around your house. Well, in the Sorallo case, which was from the 1980s, uh, the court said that despite the fact that Sorallo, who was a suspected marijuana grower, had a 10-foot fence around his yard, he still had no reasonable expectation of privacy to the contents of that yard. Matthew Feeney and Alex Narasa are policy analysts at the Cato Institute. This month marks 10 years of the Cato Daily Podcast. Subscribe and share at cato.org slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.